and welcome to Wellbeing for Dog Groomers, the podcast. My name is Carla. I have been a dog groomer since 2014. Over time, be it before an exam, at the side of a competition ring or online, I have had many a quiet chat with fellow dog groomers who, like myself, struggle at times to balance life, work and maintaining a healthy well-being. My aim is to talk to both professional dog groomers and mental health professionals to help us understand what triggers stress and anxiety within our industry, why so many of us struggle with our mental health and what we can do to help ourselves. I also want to share stories and handy tips to make life in the salon easier. I am not a professional in mental health and I am not qualified or trained to give advice in this area. I am however interested in mental health and what effects our work can have on our well-being and finding ways to help. So, whether you are a brand new groomer or you have been at it for decades, whether you struggle with your mental health or work with a groomer who does, this podcast is for you. Hello and welcome to Wellbeing for Dog Groomers, the podcast. This week, I'm talking to mobile groomer Vanessa from one of the original grooming podcasts, Shit on the Table. I've listened through their episodes. Because I work alone, it's kind of like you're just listening to other groomers having normal salon-type conversations. I suppose it's a bit like having other groomers in the room, even when you haven't. From episode to episode, it can be very light-hearted at times, or more raw at other times. They talk about their work, home, kids, partners, customers, the industry, products, how they feel and what they've been up to. They also read out and discuss listener stories. Today, Mobile Vanessa and I talk about her pregnancy and the run-up to her having her twins. We also discuss about how she felt about going back to work and how she's adjusted her work timetable now. I chose Vanessa to talk to me about pregnancy. As on Shit on the Table podcast, she talks very openly and honestly about the whole pregnancy, birthing and going back experience. We don't go into quite so much detail today, but being a listener of their podcast and being someone who has never actually wanted, planned or had children myself, it really brought home to me how it can feel, how it affects you at work, how the changes in plans can really challenge you and how it must cause some kind of worrying in one sense or another. If you find hearing about pregnancy or postpartum triggering, this is your trigger warning. I was quite nervous to talk to Vanessa at first, as we haven't met or spoken before. And it was a bit of a weird feeling knowing that I knew her way better than she knows me because I've listened to their podcast for the last year. But it was very clear as the interview went on that she was easy to talk to, very open and very caring about all of the topics. I usually listen into shit on the table at the end of the day when I've got something like a handstrip border terrier in where I can just zone out, get on with the job and just listen in to whatever they're talking about. So I hope you enjoyed the interview as much as I did. Let's go. Hi Vanessa, um, welcome to Wellbeing for Dog Groomers. Um, how are you today? I am good, slightly hungover, but I'm good. <laughs> oh, well, it's still morning where you are, isn't it? What, is, what time is it there? It is. It's 10 o'clock a.m. We're on 6 p.m. here at the moment and it's Sunday, so I have... I have had myself a little Sunday afternoon beverage this afternoon. <laughs> so oh, nice. What did you have? A cheeky vodka and orange. <laughs> <laughs> so um, could you sort of tell us a bit about yourself? Yeah. What your setup is work-wise and just a bit about yourself, really. Um, so I'm Vanessa. Um, I have a mobile grooming business and I also have a podcast called Shit on the Table. Yeah. And I think that's been going on for like four 
five years, I think. And then my mobile grooming business is about seven to eight years old, maybe a little bit older. Yeah. And then I'm also a mom of twins. Wow. And then a mom of four furry legged creatures. Brilliant. <laughs> old, so but life's keeping yeah. you pretty busy then. Yes, it is. So your podcast shit on the table with the other Vanessa. We'll, we'll sort of call her Salon Vanessa, don't we? I think yeah. we're messaging you both. We've got mobile and salon. <laughs> so can you explain a little bit about it and sort of why you started it and how you came up with the name? So we had talked about getting a podcast or starting a podcast like probably like a decade ago. We just riff really well. We talk a lot of shit. And it's like one of our favorite pastimes is like shit talking. And so she was a trainer first before she mm-hmm. went into the grooming industry. And we just like hit it off really well. And we became like fast friends. And then we noticed just like one day that like, oh, like we actually sound like really fun. Like we should start a podcast when podcasting was kind of starting to take off. Yeah, you were and, one of the originals, weren't you, I think? I, I couldn't believe uh, how far back it went when I actually found your podcast. I was like, well, they must have like literally been at the beginning, must have start, sort of started it. For, for grooming, yeah, I think so. There wasn't a lot of podcasts like us. There was um, the Groom Pod, which is very educational. I love them. And I think there was a couple more that were that I've heard of, but I didn't, I had to like dig for them. There was no social media presence or anything. No. So I think there were a couple before us. Um, they just didn't have like a huge presence, but they had okay. episodes. But I was more referring to like podcasting as a whole was taking off. But then we didn't do anything about it. And my husband was like, you guys should like every so often be like, oh, you should start a podcast. And we wouldn't. So one year for Christmas, he got us podcasting gear. Brilliant. And I'm not going to lie. I was like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> like, I, I didn't ask for this. And he's like, I got tired of hearing you guys talk about starting a podcast. So he was really like the person that pushed us to do it, which backfired a little bit on him because then he became our producer. (laughs) (laughs) He sounds like a keeper. (laughs) He is. Yeah. And he's like, well, I didn't think I was going to get sucked in. I was like, you already know like how to edit music and do all of this. Like, why wouldn't I ask? And I just got my eyes really pretty. (laughs) Aww. Well, that's really kind of him and really sweet of him. But, yeah, I'm glad you did because, like I say, you keep me entertained in the salon. And so do you find, like, with your podcasting, like, do you find it helps you, like, vent a bit, sort of? Do you find it, like, quite a release? Yes, I do. I mean, now it's changed a little bit. Like, it's a little different. I only work once a week now. But in the beginning, it was great. Like mm-hmm. we would just unload on each other and yeah. it, yeah, no, it definitely did help. <laughs> You're dealing with all those clients, you know what I mean? And it needs yeah. to go somewhere and it can go to someone who also can relate to it and have fun listening to it. Cause we all deal with the same people. It doesn't matter where you are in the world. We're dealing with the same clients, yeah. it seems like. And so it's nice to know that you're not alone. And so to be able to just like put that out in the air, it feels great. It really yeah. does. 
I can totally see what you mean there because I mean even on on this podcast when I'm talking to guests it's nice to hear that other people have the same sort of worries mm-hmm. and struggles and um, little laughs about certain things that crop up and I yeah. mean it's, it is a completely different job to most jobs isn't it I mean it's not like an office job is it <laughs> no <laughs> no I think the closest relatable thing would be retail because they're yeah. just on the front lines like we are dealing with people and People are crazy, but then they get even crazier about their pet. Yeah, they do. Uh, yeah, you summarize that absolutely <laughs> perfectly. <laughs> yeah. And so, like, when you're when you're talking on your podcast, you're you're talking about like work, and I know that you both sort of work in different sort of salon environments mm-hmm. and things, but you do bring quite a lot of your personal lives into it as well. So, what do, sort of yeah. did, made you decide to do that? Because we're more than just groomers. We all have struggles and we all bring it into work. I mean, how many times have you had a bad day and your vibe is off? So then your dogs are off and the way you communicate with your clients are off. And so to be able to hear that other people have struggles, just like you do, Mm -hmm. we really wanted to just be super relatable, whether that being like on the outside of grooming and on the inside of grooming. And I think that's super important because we're not alone, you know, in our struggles, even though we feel yeah I couldn't have put it better that summarizes it perfectly because I suppose not only do we have quite a high pressure sort of job the other Mm -hmm. pressures in life are always going on in the background aren't they and they do merge between each other and when it comes to working with dogs in particular like they do like you say pick up on our senses they pick up on our vibes our feelings and it can really sort of change the way the day goes depending on what frame of mind you're in can't it really so 100 percent. yeah no and I think relatable is definitely sums you up because uh often I'm nodding my head or laughing along or rolling my eyes or you know whatever it is that that you're doing on the day and so I was going to talk to you because I haven't I haven't got children myself um and I mm-hmm. find it like quite an interesting topic to talk about because obviously a lot of people in the industry do have have kids yeah you have to go through so much to you know pregnancy the birthing period the actual parenting Mm -hmm. bit you know yeah there's so much and I just have it's a lot it's a lot um so if we sort of start at the beginning when when you was um grooming when you was pregnant what what did you find like the biggest struggles were so for me personally because pregnancy is different for each person and and it's just like such an experience oh my god and I'm never going to experience it again thank god but for me, the hardest thing in the very beginning when your hormones are starting to just like come mm-hmm. was the smell of dogs wow, and, okay. the, and the fur. I could not handle any amount of fur being on me. So I was like constantly blow drying myself and constantly vacuuming because wow. it would just make me feel so uncomfortable and dirty. And there, I threw up a couple times bathing a dog because the mm-hmm. smell was just like so. And it honestly, like the smell, I think, wasn't bad it just made me sick like I just okay that's something that and... I would never have guessed being someone who's not <laughs> yeah. gone through it I, I couldn't be further from the thing that the few things that I would have guessed you'd come out with but that's really interesting so did it just yeah. smell the same but stronger or did it just smell different yeah yeah your senses are heightened and so it just got to me and these are dogs that I've been on grooming on a rotation so it's like nothing's really changed no and then to be honest, I started hating dogs for a little bit. You know, they started irritating me and I had to like kind of step back and figure it out. But like pregnancy changes 
everything. It changes your mindset. It changes your body. There are just so many different variables that can happen to a person. And for me, pregnancy was miserable, even though I had like a textbook healthy pregnancy. But it's just hard. And grooming is a very physical job. And so when you have like things growing in you and you're bending and you're lifting and you're fighting you know with the pullers and the bobbin and weavers you know you get frustrated and some people have a short fuse I didn't have like a short fuse I was just like oh like I just don't like you today (laughs) you know yeah just made it a bit harder sort of and took its toll a bit more I suppose but I mean you've got so many hormones and things going on that it's hardly surprising Mm -hmm. really I mean it's bad enough that I've got PMT never mind all of that going on for that sort of amount of time exactly how how did it go when you sort of told your customers that you was going to be obviously having a baby and obviously you'd need some time off? Did they take it quite well or were they quite supportive or? Very supportive. So the way I run my business is I only take people who are understanding and support me as a person mm-hmm. and also support my business. If you can't do those things, you're fired. Okay. So I'm on a very, I do, I do. I do not handle any like, I don't handle bullshit. I like to have people on my roster who I like. And so it makes going to work a lot easier. If you yeah. start rubbing me the wrong way, I might let you go. And like my clients do kind of know that. I don't think I had one bad reaction. Maybe I had one. And I think she ended up not, she just kind of ghosted me because okay. I was pregnant. But other than that, everybody was super supportive. I didn't have any bad feedback. But I do know that, you know, pregnant women or pregnant people do have bad reactions because they're like, oh, like I'm going to have to go find a new like groomer. And it's hard out there. I don't know how it is out in Europe, but here in the state it's really hard yeah everyone's really busy over here too I mean we're we're getting phone calls all the time sort of oh can I get in can I get in it's like actually I my books are closed my books are closed and many many Mm -hmm. groomers are in the same position yeah so yeah I could imagine that being a bit of a struggle especially sort of like for people who are one-to-one self-employed like me and you are sort of thing I could imagine probably some of my customers might be a bit like oh what am I gonna do yeah no it's really good to hear that you've got really supportive customers and if you like you say if you're quite strict with your customers and you expect a certain rapport with them then you know you've you've made that positive rod for your own back if you see what I mean you've sort of paved the way for where you want to go um so yeah so did did you have any sort of worries about taking time off because you're obviously you're self-employed oh yeah so we're a two-income household and so Mm -hmm. regardless I have to work I have to work at some capacity and taking time off really put us into uh, a lot of debt unfortunately, because I had to go on maternity leave a lot sooner than I thought I was going to because I got too big and I couldn't reach the dogs anymore on the table and I couldn't drive because my stomach was touching my steering wheel and I have short arms. There's two babies inside of you though, it's two babies, that is a lot. So Exactly. And you're not very big, you you know, you're tiny. So I can imagine (laughs) thinking, oh, that must have been sort of a bit, felt a bit peculiar. Um, yeah, it was a lot. I gained a lot of weight. I mean, I had two kids, so I had to go on like a pretty quick maternity leave because I didn't have okay. anybody to show for me. No. And so financially, that's what I was worried about. I wasn't necessarily worried about my clients. I know mm-hmm. I was stressed out telling them that I had to go, but there really wasn't anything that I could do. You no. know, so it's one of those situations where I'm sad that I had to go. 
I'm stressed out that I have to tell you these things. I feel really bad. Like, yeah, yeah. like there's nothing I can do. No, <laughs> you of know? course. And everyone, everyone has the right to go and have a baby when they're when they're ready and the time's exactly. right. And it's just it's something that's obviously going to play on your mind being self-employed because I was sort of trying to imagine myself in the position of oh, I need to take time off, and I was thinking, oh, that would that would play on your mind a bit, but. I suppose if you're sort of in more corporate sort of lines and you're employed by someone, it, it must be a bit yeah. sort of easier because at least you know that mm, you're going to have to here. No, 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 unfortunately not here in the States because America doesn't, well, the United States, excuse me, doesn't require any form of maternity. Oh, so okay. we are like the only quote unquote, like first world country that has zero maternity that is required wow I didn't know that yes so it is very stressful for people who are pregnant to have to leave for maternity I've known so many groomers who have worked up until the day that they have to like be gone so like I an old friend of mine she worked till the day she was supposed to give birth and went and had the baby the next day like because she couldn't take time off she couldn't afford it she was a single mother and I can't imagine the the stress mm-hmm. that must put you under because like you say things must get difficult even I mean obviously with all the emotions and the hormones like you were saying originally but then mm-hmm. also the physicality of it like you say reaching the table bending stretching I mean bathing yeah. reaching into a bath must be really it's difficult hard it's very hard I'm fortunate enough like my husband makes okay money to where he can keep us afloat but mm-hmm. we were still living off of credit cards also and that's kind of the American way these days There are companies that do give maternity leave, but it's nothing in comparison to what you see in other countries. We might get a couple months, we might get a couple weeks, Mm -hmm. and it's not enough. I think standard is at least over six weeks because that's what our doctors tell us. It's like, oh, you're healed after six weeks. Utter bullshit. You are not healed after any form, like vaginal or C-section, after six weeks. That's just enough for your sutures to heal, but you're not actually healed know what I mean right. okay it's, that's so interesting I mean, to hear I'm sorry to hear that I didn't actually realize how different it was over there sort of simple things yeah. that can be so different I suppose wow yeah. that's really shocked me so how, how old are your twins now they're 22 months so they'll be two years in uh, November okay yeah and how how soon did you go back to work I mean I know you said you're doing was it one day a week at the moment sounds that sounds like oh, I love the sound <laughs> of that so much <laughs> It is nice. I have all of my clients that I love. So I got to like really hand pick my clients. Brilliant. So I went back probably almost a year later. I actually had an emergency C-section. And so I wasn't expecting that. I was expecting a vaginal birth. I had high hopes for it. If you have any twin moms listening or laughing at me right now, <laughs> yeah, I remember following yeah. the story of it because you really did sort of talk us sort of through all the all, all of what went on. And I, I know that it was yeah not quite what you was expecting, but obviously we're so relieved that everything you know was fine. It, yeah, it's all, all well in the end. Bless you. But did you have to take a bit extra time off because because of I what did, happened yeah. with you? Yeah, I did. I um went through postpartum, you know, pretty okay, well, yeah. like pretty good. I, I shouldn't say pretty good, but it was a little rough. And so I just couldn't leave the kids. So we decided for me to just go back to work at least once a week. And so I just kind of handpicked who I wanted. And I kind of regret the way I handled it because I didn't really tell any of my other clients. If I didn't pick you, 
I didn't reach out to you. And so I kind of like ghosted half my business. And I just think in the mindset, I couldn't handle the confrontation. Yeah, I was going to say, was that because you was worried about what they was going to say or how it was going to, how the conversation was going to go or? Yeah, the conversations I wasn't ready for and questions. I wasn't really 100% ready to talk about it. Like I know Mm -hmm. I had talked about it on the podcast, but we had waited and I wasn't even, it was hard to talk about it. Yeah, yeah, you could definitely um, hear that. Yeah, it was a little rough. Um, yeah, but, but it was really was, honest. It was really honest and it was really, it basically is what you are all about. It's just laying it down on the table as it was. And it was really moving actually listening to your story. So, um, yeah, I'm glad you did. Yeah, like, I might not have kids after this episode. No, <laughs> but, but you have the two. You've got two. So I do, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so I'm done. Like my husband's fixed. He went and got snipped like a couple months after they were born so we didn't want any oopsie babies but (laughs) no more so I just I didn't handle closing half of my business very Mm -hmm. well at that time so I do regret that um I would do it differently but I understand why I did it but yeah you've got to protect yourself as well I suppose and um if people wanted to get in touch then they could do and you can sort them out sort of as you go along you know you've not hurt anyone you know in the process no I can totally understand your position I can I can completely understand why that would have been a difficult thing to do but now I'm assuming you have like a a nice rotation of like well like you say your favorite customers how often do yours come sort of sort of eight weekly four weekly when I was going through the process of reopening Mm -hmm. I had to figure out what was the best rotation for going weekly like that was a really hard process to figure out and so I think I have like 16 clients some of them have two dogs some of them have one so I had to like figure out that rotation also but the best thing that works for it to work once a week was putting everybody on a four-week rotation that's brilliant that's really ideal isn't it sort of keeps life easy for you and the dog that way you know that's well Mm -hmm. done you (laughs) (laughs) Sounds like like you've got it going really well now. Um, And was it hard to go back to work after obviously being at home with the twins the whole time? Was there anything that you found sort of worrying or difficult? Or like, did you, was you quite eager to get back and and get out again? I was not eager. I can tell you firsthand, like Vanessa, Salon Vanessa was so eager to get home after her second daughter. Yeah, she's like, I need to work to the point where like I had to scold her because she had a C-section also. And I was like, you cannot physically come back to work. Like, you're not ready physically. Yeah. She's like, oh, I'm going to do it. I can't stay home. And I was like, <laughs> don't do it. Like, do not go back to work. And she didn't listen to me. And she's like, I should have listened to you. And I was like, bitch, Aww. I know. Like, <laughs> <it's>, <laughs> you wrecked your body. Your body was not ready. But for me, I was not eager. I think I cried my first day. Aww. I just couldn't handle it because I breastfeed. I still breastfeed. So I had to add pumping onto my day, which was really difficult, Um, made my days a little bit longer. It just wasn't the same than like being there and feeding my babies. And then the stress of possibly losing your milk, because when you're away, the stress of being away from your kids adds to losing your milk and then not being there with your kids can also add to losing your milk. So that's very stressful and breastfeeding, the percentage of breastfeeding is pretty low out here because people have to go back to work too soon and Mm so we become very reliant on formula we don't get like the chance to be able to breast you know we lose that chance because it's very hard to pump it is 
so mentally taxing. And so I had to worry about that. And then I was worried about my babies. And I love my husband. He's a great father. But when you're like going through postpartum and you're not supposed to really be away from your babies, I'm like, is he going to do the same level of care as I am? Like, is he going to take care of my kids? Yeah, a lot of anxiety, isn't that? I suppose everything's routine at that age. You've got, I suppose your whole life has revolved around that for the last couple of, like, what, however long you've been off with, with, you know, like you say, different people take different amounts of time off. But since the baby's born, you are with them 24-7. Your whole life revolves Mm -hmm. around them. So to go back, it's going to cause a bit of anxiety there. I mean, now you've been sort of back to work for a little while. Do you feel a bit more relaxed now? Do you sort of? I do, yeah. Yeah, yeah, good. I'm glad to hear yeah. that. Yeah, so no, that's that's really interesting to hear. Yeah, thank you for sharing that. Now it's easy. I mean, I still would, my mind tells me that I want to stay home and be with the kids. But then when I'm working, I kind of enjoy the break of yeah. not being around the kids. And I do enjoy the docs that I have. because They're just so easy. And it's just like an easy breezy day. And so do you have any advice that you would give to someone who was thinking about getting pregnant or maybe has just sort of got pregnant and they're sort of, you know, wondering how they're going to figure out, you know, work and what they're going to do? Is there anything that you you sort of recommend? Yeah, you know, take it easy and stretch. Stretching is really important and still try and work out. They say, you know, you can't start working out once you get pregnant. They're talking about like hardcore shit you know, but Mm -hmm. go for a walk, do stretches, do some, you know, prenatal yoga, you can do light workouts, you don't have to do something so intense, because this job is really hard. It's so hard. It's even harder when you're pregnant, and your body hurt. And I know for me, because I did try and work out a little bit, and it it ended at like, I think, late second trimester, because my job was a workout, you know, Mm -hmm. it's such a workout. Um, but take care of your body. Listen to yourself. If you just cannot do it that day, just don't, don't, if you can't. I know yeah. some people cannot and they have to push through, but try just and be kind to yourself well. sort of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Give yourself grace. 100%. Yeah. You're growing something inside of your body. And that is a full-time job, just like the job that we have to do. And, and I just think it eats quite a lot of your energy, just not do it, even just not doing anything, because you're effectively uh-huh. you're growing something. Like, yeah, <laughs> it's amazing, isn't it? It's sort of, oh. it's so much. It's so yeah. much. So just give yourself grace. If you can't, maybe try and like talk to your coworkers, and maybe they can just take that extra dog for you, and you can buy them lunch or something. But just give yourself grace, and then try and make sure that you have a solid village beforehand. Maybe. You can work out a couple days where someone can watch your kid while you're at work that you trust and you don't have to do daycare that day. Try and solidify a village and give yourself so much grace. I think that's some really good advice. That's it's great because there's so much there's so much to worry about that I'm sure it's easy to forget about worrying about you as well. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, so many different things going on. You know, you've still got to remember number one, haven't you? 
So, no, that's great advice. Thank you. And that talking about like children and pregnancy, really interesting. Um, so, no, thank you for sharing all them things because um, I could talk yeah. about it all day. <laughs> Did you? Oh, no, it's, it's, really, yeah. it's really interesting to hear because whenever I hear different people's stories with their pregnancies, like you say, they're never the same. They're always different. Um, always and different. You never know what you're going to hear when you ask people. And I think yeah. that you, the, the way that you are so open on, on the podcast is a really supportive thing to do for your industry as well because they can mm-hmm. go through it with you. And like you said about us being more than just groomers, there's, we've got stuff going on as well. Um, and I know yeah. that you you and the other Vanessa speak about quite a lot of, lot of things about your life. And um, I really do think that if you set out to, to show that, you know, all these things do impact our lives and what goes on in our day, in and out of the salon, yeah. you've really achieved it because that's exactly how it comes across. Um, oh, but yeah, more, more about the industry. Like, what do you find most rewarding about being a dog groomer? Oh, man, I think like there are so many different answers because I think there's just so many different stages to grooming that we all go through. And I think in this stage of my life in the industry, I appreciate, I guess you could say like the stability that I have in my grooming for for me personally, I can work with my schedule, you know, and rearrange it to benefit me. And so I think that's what I appreciate about the industry. No, you sound like you've got a really good work-life um, balance. You know when you're working. You know who who you're working on. You've got yeah. customers on a good schedule. I think that's a lot to be proud of. So no, that's a brilliant answer. What on the flip side do you find most frustrating about our work as dog groomers? I don't deal with this problem anymore, but clients and ten ninety nine. Ten ninety nine. So what's that? What does that mean? Oh, okay. So it must be a, a, a state thing. So. A lot of the groomer companies, especially out here in Vegas, it's kind of a problem everywhere. They give 1099s instead of making you a legal employee. Okay. And so it's tax evasion, essentially. And right. the groomers do not get the benefits of being an employee like safety, you know, if they get injured. And it's just a very shady way of doing business. And I hate that. Wow. Is it legal? So, or is that something that you shouldn't do? It, it's, you shouldn't do it. It's not okay. legal. So you wow. can file... I can't remember what the paper is called, but you can file through the IRS to find out if you are a legal employee or not. And then they send you back whether you are or aren't, and then you can kind of go after the employer. Wow, okay. And is that it's a problem that goes out on here. A lot? Is, that, is that quite quite a big problem then? Mm-hmm, yeah. Wow, okay. That's interesting. And I so... didn't realize it was just localized here. That's interesting. Yeah, no, I haven't heard of that before, but no, that sounds a bit, bit, bit dodgy. <laughs> it is, it um, is. It's one of the biggest things I hate about our industry here in the state. Yeah, no, that sounds well shady. <laughs> I can't believe it goes on, to be honest. Wow. Yes, um, and so what do you think you would say impacts um, the mental health of dog groomers as a whole? What do you think has the biggest impact on us? That is such a loaded question. Oh, oh my no. God, I can <laughs> Sorry go on... <laughs> Okay, so I actually got off of Facebook. I'm not on Facebook anymore. I had joined so many like grooming groups and just the negativity on there yeah. is wild. And uh, I, like my mind is just like all over the place because I love this question actually. Groomers are just not nice to each other, you know? No, we're not. You're right. They are not nice to each other. It's terrible. When we're all in 
doing the same thing every day. You know, we are all in the same boat. And it's like, there are so many different ways of achieving the same product. And it seems like if you don't do it this way, it's not the right way. And so I would say that is a huge problem for this industry that is very taxing on our mental health because it makes us feel inadequate as consumers. And I think that is something that I've struggled with pretty much the whole the whole time I've been in this industry is not feeling adequate uh, because you feel like you have to make all of these pet dogs look like show dogs. Yeah, um, no, that was something that comes up a hell of a lot, and um, I think that the like say like you say feeling inadequate is something that probably many 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 groomers can relate to. Yeah, we still sort of tear each other to shreds online and you're sitting back or you're watching it and you're thinking, whoa, how did this escalate? And da, 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 da. I mean, I've put, just for example, with this podcast, when I first set up, um, I only started, I'm, I'm really new compared to you guys. Um, I've literally, this is going to be like, I think this is like episode 19 or 20 or something. So really new. But I was like basically just pinging out the odd, you know, share of whatever episode I thought might suit whatever group it was. So like the mobile mm-hmm. groomers, I put one out to them. Them, sort of you know the learning groomers I put out a few qualification ones to them and da, 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 da. and like some of the groups were really friendly and it was really welcoming but I did have a few groups I was like well this is not to do with this and blah 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 and you shouldn't be here and you're not from this country and blah blah blah, blah, blah. and I'm like whoa That's okay terrible. fair enough I mean this is just a podcast where I'm trying to like help people out and you know make people feel like yeah. they can relate and you know share a bit of positivity yeah. and yeah okay I'll just leave a group see ya <laughs> That is terrible. I'm so sorry you went through that. But it's just, it's one of the things, well, it's no skin off my back because, you know, you expect it now online. I think I've been online long enough to realize that actually sometimes you just have to just think well where where are you from who who are you where uh, how, how did you get the way that you are I don't understand what this <laughs> chip on your shoulder is yeah they're called keyboard warriors you know yeah. because they feel like they're just so superior online but then you get to face to face with them and they're usually not the same exactly and even I remember actually when I first started grooming and I was like working towards uh, uh, one of my exams I was doing ICMG I think you guys have that out there as well don't you yeah yeah we do it's international that's it so you got to revise a lot of breeds so I was putting a question up on a a group it wasn't it wasn't that group it was you know just a breed Mm -hmm. group and this person from this breed group literally all she commented was all the words that I spelt wrong and I was like oh (laughs) really that's disgusting (laughs) well first of all Um, there's different spellings um in the UK right for different yeah. words so yeah it could just be like, that but I mean my whatever. spelling isn't the best but I was giving it a go and I was interested in learning and I just thought well of all the things you could have shot me down for seriously <laughs> that's <laughs> like, terrible but they it's just little things like that people can be mean but then sometimes obviously you do get the big extreme don't you in I, I'm, I'm sure the groups out in America are probably the same as the English groups where sometimes you're just like <sighs> yeah yeah it's one of the reasons why I left I couldn't handle it anymore like I hate the bullying post pandemic because I think it got really bad over pandemic I stepped away and I don't you know when you still like you're still like a part of the group but it doesn't ping up on your homepage all the time you're like Mm -hmm. you're part of it but you're not following it as such I suppose most of the groups are like that with me so I actually have to effectively check in if I want to um but I can totally see why you've given given it up because at times yeah. it can be horrendous, can't it? So what would you say is the best change that you've seen in the industry since you've been grooming? I'd say there's a lot of education, a lot more than there mm-hmm. was when I first started. Um, I believe it was just like style stuff, like DVDs back then. Oh my gosh, because you know social media wasn't what it yeah. was as it yeah. is now back in the day. 
aging myself a little bit for the new groomers. <laughs> so I, I'm the same uh, back at, yeah, you know, when I yeah. first started, it was DVDs and, you know, you might get the odd YouTube video, but not, not yeah. anywhere near what you have now. Exactly. Like, I don't think people understand how much scouring of the YouTubes that I had to find a decent video. And then mm -hmm. you had like Style Sessions, which is Jay Scruggs and Sue Zeko. Yeah, yeah. And I love them. They're great. They're um, <laughs> they are. They're hilarious. And then you had, um, I think Olga had uh, magazines and or books, excuse me. But I think she also had some DVDs, but there was just like other groomers that also had DVDs. Mm -hmm. But now education is just so easily accessible right there at yeah. a click. And that literally goes with social media and just development of the internet and everything. So, no, that's definitely, yeah. I think, probably the number one biggest change. And what do you still think needs to change? What would you, if you could like wave your magic, magic wand and just change something about the industry, what would it be? Oh, man, there's a lot I would change. I would change the lack of like actual schools for grooming. We okay. don't, it's not getting into the industry. I don't feel like it, at least for here in the United States isn't very accessible. Okay. So I think for us that make hiring new groomers or even having people explore our industry a lot harder. And I think we should open that up to be able to have more groomers and to actually be taught how yeah. to groom. So that people aren't having to just do it on their own and then they get into a position that they, you know, aren't treated very well in a new environment because they're not as fast or not. They don't really know what they're doing. They didn't have any formal training. And I think that's what I would change. Yeah. Is so, so to you, where is the nearest, like what, what we call a grooming school to you? How, how many hours away would you have to go? Or I think there's maybe only one. I'm on the West Coast. I think okay. there's a couple on the East Coast, like maybe one or two. We actually had a school in Vegas okay. many years, like a long time, like long time ago, and it closed down. And we haven't had a school since. So and... they're really few and far between then. So, yes. yeah, that's quite different because they are cropping up everywhere over here. It seems like. Really? Yeah, it seems like new schools. Are, and I mean, I can think of two within an hour of me. Oh, that's awesome. And then I'm I'm quite in quite a rural part yeah. of England. If you go to the cities, I mean, there's probably lo there's loads, loads. I mean, if you went to London, wow. they'd be all over the place. I don't know. It just it seems like every time I go to a grooming competition or scroll through a Facebook page, it seems like someone yeah. else is setting up a grooming school. So they are really sort of so booming cool. over here. So I don't know. Bring who knows? Maybe maybe they'll start <laughs> booming over there soon as well. I mean, I I went through a phase of thinking, oh, I'd love to have a grooming school, but I'm really not one for paperwork really not one for paperwork and all the things yeah. that go with qualifications and managing other people's stuff and you know having things and deadlines it's just oh no thank you uh, that sounds just, terrible yeah not i'm not up for that now I'm, I'm firmly happy just working for myself by myself uh sweet yeah, and simple I, <laughs> I agree i agree i was actually thinking about maybe like offering a mentorship since i kind of have you know mm -hmm. the time a little bit yeah but then i'm like uh, no, <laughs> like, that's just too much. Yeah, I think if it's sort of like one-off sort of lessons and, you know, if people see something that you, you can do and they want a bit of help or something, then, yeah, fair enough. But, I mean, to actually go into a grooming school where you've got to plan yeah. lessons and curriculums and, you know, all qualifications, it's it's, that sounds quite a lot of pressure to me. So, um, 
So it just, I just remembered, we don't have like schools, but PetSmart and Petco do an, a quote unquote academy. And that's what Yeah, I went through. that's what But it's, I thought you did, yeah. it's four weeks. So it's not enough time. Wow, And okay. unless they've changed it, but I don't think, I don't foresee them changing it a lot. And then you're stuck there for two years. You have to sign a contract because they're essentially paying for your quote unquote school. And they'll actually like sue you for the money. And it's about like four grand. So I wouldn't necessarily call it a school because they Wow. give Yeah. you like the bare But it's a minimum way, I guess, a way in of getting sort of a bit of training under your belt on entry. Yeah. Yes, but your training is dependent on what salon you're in. And Okay. so you can have a great mentorship or you can have a really bad mentorship. I was very lucky. I had a great mentor at my, and I was actually at the academy location. So the teacher was always there. So I got very lucky, but not everybody has the same story. And it's more turnkey than anything. And, you know, the Yeah, so corporate it's kind of job, potluck, yeah, where you yeah. end up and who you end up with sort of thing. And no, that's great. And um, yeah, I think that's sort of everything that I was planning on asking you and having a chat about. Is there anything that you sort of wanted to add? Let us know as well. Where can people tune in and sort of catch up? There's so You've got so many episodes Yeah. out now. Um, so where do they listen into shit on the table and how do they get involved? Yeah. So you can go to our website. It's shitonthetable.com. Our episodes are linked on there. I think it's like the first 20 episodes. But all of the links for Spotify, Amazon Music, Google Play, iTunes, they're all linked. So those, you can follow us on Instagram. I'm not really active on Facebook. so um yeah good luck with everything and thank thank you you so I much appreciate for being talking on here to us loved being on you're so easy to talk to oh thanks so yeah I I foresee your in like <laughs> any interview that you do I think will go perfect oh thanks very much great well thank you so much for coming on and um yes yeah Goodbye. thank you you have a good day Thank you, Vanessa. She was so sweet and so open with her answers. Next week, I'm talking to Janet Tandy. It will be something a bit different. Janet runs a group in Kent that helps young people get over their fear of dogs, cyanophobia. So though it isn't grooming related, it will be very interesting to learn about how she helps these young people with their fears and gets them to a place where they're comfortable around dogs again. For now, thank you for listening. I'll be back next Friday. In the meantime, click follow and rate us on your chosen podcast platform and join Wellbeing for Dog Groomers, the podcast, on Facebook. Have a lovely weekend. Cheerio!